Welcome to the REI Freedom Podcast, where we unleash the power of real estate investing and empower you to create a life of freedom on your own terms. Are you already acquiring off-market properties? Then listen closely because we have something very special for you. At REI Freedom, we provide high-level acquisition skills training and coaching to take your real estate game to the next level. Say goodbye to deal cancellations and hello to consistent success. Our proven methods and expert guidance will equip you with the tools you need to secure more deals consistently. Imagine a life where you have the freedom to live on your own terms, where real estate investing becomes your key to financial independence and fulfillment. It's time to break free from the ordinary and create the life you've always wanted. Let us provide you with the skills and knowledge to unlock the doors to your dreams. Join us on the REI Freedom Podcast and embark on a transformative journey of acquiring bigger deals, securing more deals consistently, and living life on your own terms. REI Freedom Podcast. Unlock your potential, claim your freedom in real estate investing. Welcome to another exciting episode of REI Freedom. Today, we interview our co-host, Dan Toback, who will be sharing his insights on the power of presenting as a local neighborhood homebuyer rather than a high-pressure salesperson. Throughout his years in the real estate industry, Dan noticed that those who thrived were the ones who established themselves as a trusted local brand. Drawing from his own experiences in the Florida community he grew up in, Dan embraced this approach and discovered that people prefer working with a local homebuyer over a faceless corporate entity from afar. During this episode, Dan will reveal his top three tips for successfully implementing the local homebuyer strategy. He will delve into the importance of embracing your locality, building a strong local reputation, and creating a sense of status equality. These actionable insights will equip you with valuable tactics for your next appointment. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into this enlightening conversation. REI Freedom, Episode 9. Can't believe it. Already nine. At episode Already. 9. Hi, uh, guys. That is my beautiful wife, Shelly. I am Jeremy. Welcome to our podcast. Happy to have you guys here today. We have Mr. Dan Toback, the acquisition master down out of Florida, but he's actually up in Maine. Near, near our neck of the woods. Happy holidays, Dan. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, guys. Hope y'all are doing great. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a different role. Today, we are going to interview Dan as our guest rather than a typical guest that we have on. We feel that Dan can provide a lot of value to our listeners as he does our coaching students. So today, we're going to deep dive a topic. We're going to just like a slingshot. We're going to pull the slingshot back and just let Dan go and just listen to him. Sounds good to me. I think there's so many times when Dan starts talking about something that people wish it would be the whole episode because he always brings the best information. So this yeah. is going to be good. This is going to be a great yeah. episode. We're going to do more of these, give you an insight of some of the knowledge that Dan has that he shares with our coaching clientele. So you guys are going to get all that today for free. Today's episode, what we're going to discuss with Dan is coming across as a local home buyer as opposed to a salesperson. Now, when it comes to off-market acquisitions, whether you're an acquisition specialist working for a company or doing this for yourself, it really is a sales position. We are a marketing company, so we're generating marketing to generate leads, and then we 
uh, working through those leads and then hope to make a sale, which is in the end to buy a home, whether you look to wholesale that house or flip it or keep it as a rental, whatever your exit strategy may be. But with that being said, it's in our experience and in Dan's coaching philosophy that coming across as a salesperson can make a lot of people run away rather than run towards you in a sale. And he really likes coming across as the local home buyer. So we are going to deep dive that today. So Dan, you're a local home buyer guru down in Florida where people have been seeing you do that for 10 years. I shouldn't use the word guru. I always think of Spider-Man, your local friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but in your case, home buyer. Please elaborate why you think it's so important in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. For me, when I first started in this business, and for those of you who don't know my story, I came from a very corporate background. And when I first started my first few months, I remember having this really overwhelming feeling of having to almost change who I was and have to become like this ninja slick salesperson who had all the responses, all these objections. And what I failed to realize is, yes, I did need to become a better version of myself, but it didn't quite look like how I thought it would. So what do I mean by that? As I started this business, there, of course, wasn't as many real estate investors, players in the market, if you will, as there are today. But the people who were doing it at a really high level locally were folks who had tenure in this area, in this market, right? They were really well-known. They were people who they were in town for a while. They had really great local relationships. They knew a lot of people. They knew a lot of landmarks in town. They were very familiar with the flow of how things worked in my local area. And even when I used to go to real estate uh, meetups down in South Florida or in other areas, I noticed the people really flourishing were those people in whatever market you, you pick, right? Where Miami, West Palm Beach, Orlando that really had um, a status built up as somebody who was very well-known in the neighborhood, very well-known in the area. And they weren't necessarily the people throwing out big marketing dollars. They weren't the people that were necessarily coming up with all these ninja marketing techniques. It was just consistency. It was consistently putting their brand, that local brand out. So the first step was being able to remember that I had privilege and I still have the privilege of being able to work in really what is my hometown. I was born in New York, but I've been living in Florida since I was 12, essentially, right? So it was there since I was a kid. And it wasn't until maybe almost six months in that I really started just to talk to people like that local who was there. And one thing that I, I share with our students all the time is if you're from where you currently set up shop, Use that to your advantage. Use that to your advantage in terms of using landmarks. If you're familiar with places or houses near where these homes are, these homeowners live, be able to reach back in your memory bank. What's so funny, I used to go to the house party down the street when I was in high school. And do you know the Smiths that live over there on Maple, just down the road? I used to walk all up and down here. It's funny, I probably passed their house a hundred times. And when you start talking like a neighbor, it changes their perception because the first thing that you hear out of a lot of these sellers' mouths are, I don't want to work with that big company down south or up north or that one we see on TV. It cheapens the service, if you will. They really would rather give the business to a local. I really try to do that in a lot of ways. Obviously, you guys see me on Facebook. 
try to be really out there and Facebook, local Facebook groups, always putting that stuff out there, local fundraisers, because you want to give back to where your business is, sh- is set up. So I'm always consistently investing, investing in my town. I'm investing in the city in which I my business, because I know that not only is it fulfilling for me to do that, it makes my hometown better, but it also puts me on the very forefront of people that need that good, those goods and services. Local neighborhood buyer number one is being able to embrace the locality of who you are if, if you do have the chance to work where you live and where you've lived, like you guys have, Jeremy and Shelley being in New Hampshire, that area, the New England area, that familiarity helped. You're also able to build a better track record that way. So I always talk to my sellers about homes that I've purchased in that same neighborhood. Hey, I just rehabbed a home two blocks down the street. We're looking at buying another one soon. If you're listening to this, you're a student of mine. You know that I always have you guys do that. And you have that greater likelihood of being able to engage them in that conversation. So that's like item number one, embracing if you are local, being able to put that into words when you're talking with sellers, when you're engaging with sellers, make sure they know that and find different ways to incorporate that. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's great advice. So helps with building rapport, obviously, making you feel a little bit more familiar to the sellers in the area as opposed to the big corporation, which a lot of people, what do they say? BlackRock or whatever it is, the hedge fund, yeah. big hedge fund buyers is just represents evil in a lot of people's eyes. Come across as your local friendly home buyer allows you to just build rapport. And also I think it's really important to n- note is that it gives you like social equality, right? We notice that a lot of people, this is what we train, teach in our, our coaching program is that keeping everybody in the so- same social level improves your chances for success. Because nobody wants to do business with somebody that they feel they're inferior or superior to, but having somebody on the same level is a lot easier to relate with, which allows you to then build that rapport, which, and then helps them open up about maybe some personal situation that's going on, which then allows you as the home buyer to find out what the true problem is and motivation behind the seal. So you can customize a tailored solution for their specific need in exchange for equity in their home. All that just by being a local home buyer is just for us a simple way just to build that starting block of that whole chain reaction from there. I agree. And I have witnessed that many times with Jeremy, even in towns around us where we went to a seller's house and they seemed a bit nervous at first. They were on edge, a little defensive about us coming into the home as investors. And as soon as he said, oh yeah, I went to that high school in Derry for a couple of years and I grew up a few streets over, they instantly let their wall down a little bit. So absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like the example, Dan, that you're talking about how you've driven by the house multiple times or done another real estate transaction in that area. So that allows you to come across as somebody who can now provide surety as a competent home buyer in that area as well, which when people are distressed, their biggest concern is just, can this person even follow through on this transaction and help me out of my situation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also to your point, right? It increases your referral network. I've some of my best and biggest deals. And we think back on this year, a lot of those starting from very early in the year, about this time when we were starting, that you think back on that, start the year and end the year, we've had a lot of referrals and a lot of people who are just like a third degree from somebody else we worked with. Yeah. When you build that local reputation, you start getting deals that you don't necessarily pay for. 
And that's really exciting stuff because those sometimes make your entire year. When you can make reference to people who lived in the same neighborhood, like you just said, Jeremy, a lot of times actually give sellers references. Hey, if you want a reference, you can call the seller that lived on the street across from you. You ask them how the experience was. So a lot of times that's something they really like. Another thing is when they're asking me, oh, what do you, who do you use for work? A lot of times I mention I use local contractors, which we do. We use a local realtor. I'm like, oh yeah, we use all local people. And for a lot of folks, especially if they're from the old school generation where that's really important to use local people, which is a lot of who we work with, adding massive value when you come off that way and when you're able to convey that the right way. But the other thing on a more micro level, so that's a macro macro piece of advice on a micro level is it's never about the house. It's always about the seller. And we've heard this before. What's the practical application of that? And I, my thing is I hardly ever talk about the house with the seller. We talked, we already talked, spoke about local interests, things that we have in common on a location basis. But then after that, we're really talking about more people and problems in their life. What are they going through? Do they see their kids for the holidays? Why are they selling the home? We're, hey, we're in a growing area, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. Why are you considering selling? Okay, tell me more. And we have the macro level, then we have the micro level actually getting to know these people at a neighbor level. When you talk to your neighbor, my neighbor and I just had a conversation the other day. It's interesting. We're talking about health issues. He was going through some health issues and he was just voicing some concerns he had to me about life and family and different things. And he's actually ironically going to be moving. So all that to say is when you say friendly neighborhood buyer, neighbor, neighborly also means talking at a level to where it's slightly more than just an acquaintance or slightly more than a vendor. Most salespeople will never get to that level when they're talking to people about hobbies or family life or your fears or things that make you really excited about life. So I think it's important that when you meet with a seller, it's going to be crucial that try to keep the subject on the people because people over profits, people over the transaction. And if you're able to do that and you're able to keep the subject on things that really have substance, I think you'll have a greater likelihood of being a possible fit for their house for the transaction portion. But generally people want to work with people they like and you can't like someone if you don't know them. So that's number two. Yeah, I love that. Basically all you have to do is when you're going on the appointment, realize I am going to make a friend today, right? I'm just going to make a friend. And whether you get the deal or not, just going to make a friend sets you up for the best chances for that, but also allows you to build that rapport, provide value. And even if you're not the right fit for each other, you still, at the end of the day, made a friend who you may be able to provide value in a different way, whether it's referring them to a realtor or a contractor or some other resource that may be a better fit for their situation, as opposed to just selling the house to somebody like us. And then on what you talked about earlier made me think about when you start branding yourself in the area as a local home buyer, which you've done a tremendous job in your market for a long time, Dan, and you're right, you do get a lot of referrals and because you've built up this reputation. So we're talking most of this podcast about being a friendly neighborhood home buyer direct to a potential seller. But when you brand yourself as a home buyer, like you have, and like we've have, Shelly and I have up here in the Northeast, People bring us deals that aren't sellers all the time, whether that be a realtor, a contractor, another local wholesaler. They know you as the go-to buyer in the area. So when they have a potential lead or an opportunity, they say, hey, Dan, I got a deal I want to run by you. 
And all you've been doing is just presenting yourself as a local neighborhood home buyer and a good person for a long time. So people are just attracted to you and want to do business with you, but know you are the go-to person in the area. And that happened to us for sure, because I think about for Jeremy, I guarantee you anytime anyone he went to high school with has a parent that needs to sell a house or they inherit a house or anything. They always call him or message him first. They just think Jeremy buys these kinds of houses. Just establishing that has brought us a lot of leads, whether we end up working with them now, down the road a couple of years or not at all. It's just always bringing us leads for sure. And actually someone in my family too, we got a lead over Christmas just because same thing. My uncle, like the first thing he thought of is I have to call Shelly and Jeremy and tell them about this house that I know about. Definitely. That's cool. All right, Dan, do you have any more tips with regards to a home buyer or you feel like that's enough knowledge for this episode so we can keep them on the ropes for future episodes? But I don't want to leave them up empty handed if you have anything else you'd like to add. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So I would say just to leave you guys with one more little nugget here that I think you can take with you on every seller appointment after Obviously, you build rapport after you build yourself as that local authority and you invest in that, right? It really does come down to the decision-making process, right? Whether or not the seller ends up choosing you as their option or goes another direction, I would say that the third leg of that you know, neighborly approach is being able to eliminate yourself as their best option. And Jeremy mentioned this already briefly. You may not have uh, remembered that you did quickly in conversation, but you did. So I didn't want to glaze over that, but essentially, like, how do you apply that? How are you able to fire yourself before the seller has a chance to? And one thing that I do on every appointment is there's a couple of things, but on the phone call is the first thing before I actually go on the appointment. I say, hey, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I may meet you at Wednesday at 12 or whatever, and we may determine that I'm not a fit. I just want to let you know, we still leave the house friends, even if you don't go with me. And then maybe I can point you a better direction. So you want to consistently early and often, not only over the phone, but in person when you meet, you want to say that again to a different, maybe a different way, but you always want to authentically and consistently let the seller know that even if you're not their best option, or even if they're not the go-to option, that not only are you guys still friends, but you're going to help them any way you can. And that's that other leg of it that most salespeople, they're not going to care enough. They're not going to invest in the person across from them. And ultimately, if you can do that, you build a long-term relationship, which it may not be a deal then, but it could be in the future. But it all comes from those three things working together for the greater good, if you will. And that's that last little nugget that I would encourage all of you to utilize. Next time you go on an appointment, is to let the seller know if they don't go with you, we're still friends. Help them any way you can. I love that. And I'm glad we held out for that last bit of nugget, Dan. That was really great advice. And I'll tell you, from personal experience, we've had situations where we were not the right fit for the potential seller we were meeting that day. We still went and provided value to our new friend because that's what we do. We want to provide value. Obviously, we always want to get the sale, but at the end of the day, we still need to be providing value to our local community, first and foremost. And only to come to find out that those people referred us to other people that became sales down the road, even though we never bought their house to begin with. They just thought we were such a good person and we're doing the right thing that when they came across somebody who said, 
hey, I need to sell my house to a cash buyer investor type person in the area. They said, hey, I know who to talk to because they came out. Here's my story. The wonderful people go talk to them. And that's happened a few times in our career. And we didn't even buy the house originally from the first person. So again, doing what Dan says, being a local, branding yourself as a local house buyer, providing value, making a friend, and all those things can benefit you in a lot of ways you really don't even realize. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Dan, thank you so much for the great stuff today. What a way to start the new year with some great knowledge for everybody to looking into 2024. That wraps up episode nine. Thank you so much, guys. And we will see you next week. Take care now. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. We like to call the members of our REI Freedom Group the Freedom Fighters because we know that when you achieve success in REI, you gain ultimate freedom, time freedom, financial freedom, and limitless potential to create life on your own terms. But we also know that the road to REI success isn't easy, and sometimes you have to fight to get there. So there you have it. Join us and let's go get it, Freedom Fighters. All right, Freedom Fighters, I need your help. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please leave a rating and review. It's going to help us out so much as we continue to grow this podcast. Recommend the podcast to friends and family. There are so many people out there that want to be a Freedom Fighter, just like you and I. We need to share this podcast so we can give them the high-level acquisition skills they need to build a life of time freedom on their own terms. Please visit our website and join our email list and you'll find extra resources and info there if you have more interest in following us on social media, REI Freedom. And of course, if you want more info on our acquisition coaching programs, please go to reifreedom.com to learn more. Freedom Fighters, let's go! Let's go!